to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. And you know, this morning, Julie, I spent going through old photo albums, trying to find pictures for my eldest daughter for a project she's working on. And it was kind of awesome going into all the emotions and feelings and memories. And Aww, what were you feeling? Um, nostalgia. Aw, cute. Uh, uh, thankful. All the good things. You know, you don't take pictures of the bad moments. So when you go through an old photo album, <laughs> or at least definitely good. not back in the day. No, uh-uh. Maybe today you do because you take pictures all the time. No, exactly. you don't. I do. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, girl, hey, I'm Julie Graham. And let, I, for going feelings, which we totally are, I'm feeling very grateful today as well. You can't see her, but actually here in the recording studio today with us is my baby sister. And we've just gotten to have a surprise date together. So I'm feeling very grateful for that connection that we get to have. Yeah, I love it. Glad she's with us today. Well, today we're bringing in one of our friends who you may or may not know from um, her contributions at the Grit and Grace Project. She is a licensed psychotherapist. She is a mother of five, a wife to one. (laughs) Um, She's a life coach, a fitness expert, and she brings so much wisdom to the things we do at the Grit and Grace Project. She's joined us on past episodes, and she's here to offer her insight yet again. Will you uh, welcome Dr. Zoe Shaw? Thank you, ladies. I love joining you. It's been so great to be on past podcasts, and I look forward to our conversation today about feelings. Yay! I know. We wanted to bring you on because we always trust your expert opinion to give us some healthy ways to process feelings and emotions that women have. Some of us are led by them, and some of us try to run from them. So you ready to talk about that today? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And Zoe, I I know we blame a lot of life on our feelings or our emotions. You know, oh, I thought that because I felt this way or I ate that or I'm eating my feelings. Mm. Women definitely use that one. Mm -hmm. I'm eating my feelings. Yes, absolutely. But and so I think we we view it as negative as something that's not healthy or good for us. Is that true? Absolutely not. All feelings and all of them are healthy. You know, the purpose of feelings really is to tell us something. I've had clients who have literally felt that it's not okay to be angry. And the reality is anger, just like some of our other feelings like sadness, it just tells us something is wrong. And so the first basic thing that every woman needs to understand is that all feelings are healthy. Now, the problem happens is when we have a feeling and we then choose a bad behavior because of the feeling we have. That's where the problem comes in. It's our behavior and our choices after a feeling, not the feeling. Mm. Do you find working with your clients that that we, especially as women, tend to want to avoid our feelings because we think they're bad? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, well, we're conditioned too. So, well, let me go back first, because when I talk about all feelings being good feelings, even feelings like jealousy, and I know a lot of people might think, well, jealousy is wrong, right? The Bible says that we should not covet. Uh, Now, there's a difference between coveting and envy, which I actually Mm -hmm. don't believe are feelings. So, with the basis, with the understanding that all feelings are healthy, then we go to things like envy and covetousness. That is different than jealousy. So those are like mind states that have thoughts and actions associated with them. 
jealousy is just this concept that I want to keep what's mine. Whereas envy and covetousness is really about, I want what somebody else has. And the Bible even says that God's a jealous God. And so we need to use our feelings to then decide, make choices. What do we need to do? Because something's telling us something's wrong. So to answer your question, yes, women fear our feelings. And one of the reasons why we fear our feelings is because we're scared of rejection. No. Somewhere (laughs) along the line, we learned that expressing our feelings, usually in childhood, leads to rejection. And humans across the board, do you know that we fear social rejection more than we fear heights, more than we feel fear death? We have a fear of social rejection. And so that's really why we fear our feelings. Boy, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, every, and I think it doesn't start, maybe I'm wrong, you tell me, but it's more like I'm a 12-year-old girl and all of a sudden I well, want to way care. way before then. Way before then? Totes. Really? Yeah, way before then. Oh, uh, it wow. starts in toddlerhood. Now, you know, different people have different experiences, but even me as a parent, with all the knowledge that I have, um, I've seen myself do this with my kids. Um sometimes more with boys than girls. But when my daughter, I think I wrote an article about this somewhere about feelings and girl, oh, anger and girls. But when, you know, my kids express a a really strong feeling like rage or they're screaming and crying, my natural response is to shut it down. Mm. Yep. And I have to work against that natural response. And I do that because of all the knowledge that I have. But without that knowledge, without really understanding that dynamic, as a mom, I'd probably be shutting that down. Like you shouldn't be feeling that way. You need to stop that. You need Mm -hmm. to stop crying. You need, you know, whatever. And then what happens too, is that you get a mom's anger, you get a mom's coldness or rejection when you're expressing feelings. And so you quickly learn, okay, if I want to be accepted, if I want my mom to be happy, I need to not express those negative feelings. Mm, I want to play the devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> when, always does. Yeah. <laughs> it's my role in life, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there are times when your child is angry and acting in such a way that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So w- how do you tell the difference? How do you know when this is something that I need to help them work through their emotions or this is something where they need to stop right now because they have to manage and control these and, and then we can talk maybe about we it later. talk about it later. <laughs> so how do you do that, Zoe? You need to make sure you always separate behavior from feelings because we often don't. And so it's all, you need to say, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. The way you're feeling is fine. It's the behavior that's not okay. That's Mm. the key because we tend to merge them together and kids don't know the difference. They're thinking the way I'm feeling isn't okay. Because the way I'm feeling is associated with the behavior. So you need to separate those for your kids so that they start to understand that. So I feel like, Zoe, you and I were talking about this with Lincoln um, a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. even. So practical, everyday example. He's having a meltdown. I literally need to say, I can tell you're angry right now and that's okay. But the way you're acting is not okay. You know, let's get back in the car. Let's do whatever. Let's get away from the issue and then make sure I bring it back up with him later and and say, earlier when you got upset, let's talk about how you were feeling. I mean, is that as simple as how I need to handle it? Yep, exactly. 
these behaviors are okay to do when you're angry. These behaviors are not okay to do when you're angry. The feeling is fine. And yes, then go back and talk about the feeling so that you're validating the feeling and you're letting them know that there are boundaries to their behavior. Let me turn it from another angle. I know when Mm -hmm. I was growing up, I don't think anybody really reacted to my emotions or my anger as a child. But I remember going, there's so much havoc in my world that I live in, then I'm not going to create more. I'm going to be the one that just, you know, I go along through life as the happy camper. I'm the one that doesn't (laughs) cause waves. I'm the one that just skips along. So I really made it self-imposed to manage my feelings. Right. It's almost, it's, uh, it's almost the exact same thing. It was just a unwritten kind of rule. But also a little bit of what you're saying leads to the second reason. So the first reason reason that we fear our emotions is because we fear social rejection. The second reason we fear our emotions is because we fear that they can destroy us and other people. So we fear that they are so strong, that they are so powerful, that they can destroy someone else. And so that's part of maybe a little bit of what you were talking about. Yeah, it sounds like Darlene and I I mean, nobody's surprised at how similar we are. Um, You're describing how I remember feeling in my home growing up. And we've talked a little bit about um, some of the dysfunction in my my childhood, episode 28. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I remember feeling that way. Like nobody has time for my feelings. Nobody cares about my feelings. And so I just need to hold them in. And so now as a 30-something-year-old woman, I'm having to unlearn that lie. Um, And I, I, I catch myself feeling it all the time. Nobody has time for my feelings. I I just need to push through. I'm fine. But that's actually not true. It's just something I've told myself. And so doing the hard work of really sitting in a difficult moment and what is the feeling I'm experiencing? Why am I sad? Why am I mad? You know, why am I feeling hurt? And it's okay. I need to feel it and then I can move on to the next thing. Right. But also in that process of telling yourself that nobody cares about your feelings, you're also very well aware of how many of them you're building up. And so if nobody cares about those little feelings that you have that you're not willing to express, now you've got a mountain of huge ones. And that's where that fear that these feelings, because these are the big ones. Now we, now they've, you know, compounded. And if they can't take those little ones, I will destroy somebody and I will destroy myself if I let them out. Wow. Okay. Now that we've just um, taken care of Julie and my baggage. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute that you think that, that we just took care of it. That's funny. <laughs> no, I'm saying okay. it hasn't. All right. So I think part two of that, Zoe, is what do we do to start, if we realize that some of that is within us, what do we do to start unpacking it? What do we do to start expressing the emotions in a healthy way and not feel overwhelmed by them or just like almost paralyzed by them sometimes? Excellent question. So the first thing you have to realize is that the worst thing you can do with your emotions is the thing that you've been conditioned to do, and that's hold them in. And you have to also recognize that, just like Julie said, it's a lie. It's a lie that nobody can deal with them. And it's a lie that it's too much. And so the second worst thing you can do, of course, is take them out in an unhealthy way. Because what happens is we feel them, we feel them, we push them, we push them, and then we explode or they come out in another really unhealthy way that women can sometimes be really good at. And that's passive aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. Real good at and, that, actually. Right. So those are the two ways that we don't want to express our anger, our sadness, our negative feelings. 
So what you need to do is think of yourself as this pressure cooker <laughs> and you're going to slowly open up that valve and you're going to start to let the steam out. And you do that by working diligently on expressing every emotion that you can think of, that you notice, and whether it's talking to other people, finding a therapist, especially if you've been pushing them down for many, many, many years, journaling is actually probably the best way to start really getting connected with it. So I do ask women to spend some time by themselves, which can sometimes be hard. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing and because really she's told me start, to do it and I just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to start writing down those feelings. And it doesn't have to be a wonderful paragraph or, or even pages, but just words. Sometimes just putting words to paper can be so powerful, but actually creating a pattern of letting them out. And, you know, I swear I'm, I'm getting ready to, well, maybe my second or third book is going to be mm -hmm. something about the things we don't say, because I am so convinced, I have been so convinced over the years that the most damage we cause in relationships aren't really about the things that we do say. And we know that words are so very powerful. So of course the words we do say are powerful, but so are the words that we keep to ourselves and they're powerful in a really damaging way. And so we have to get in practice of saying the things we're scared to say, and usually they're feeling based. Okay. So you've convinced me both mm -hmm. offline and <laughs> recorded <laughs> that feelings are important, that we've got to stop running from them. And maybe there's women on the other side that tend to be um, led by them. So mm -hmm. we get it. They're important. They're valuable. There's healthy ways to process them. What are some differences between men and women and how we feel our feelings or emotions? Is there a difference? Well, there isn't a difference in how we feel our emotions. The difference is what we do with them. So the difference between men and women is that men tend to feel them immediately and to respond to them immediately, if that makes sense. So if something happens, a man will have the same initial emotional response that a woman does, but then he will quickly turn into a fix it mode. It's like there's a shift that goes straight to logic and fix it. And kind of that, that emotional part disappears a little bit. Whereas women tend to stay in the emotional aspect of it a lot longer. And that's real. I mean, that's really the main difference. But men feel just like women feel. And men have the same problem of pushing down their emotions because they're also socialized to not express them, you know, the way that women are. You know, the other thing, now that you say that, that we do hold on to our emotions, Dr. Zoe, the other mm -hmm. thing that I've observed through other people's lives that I've really, you know, I've, I love and care about, I've watched them take hurt and hold on to it and it become anger and hold on to it and it become mm -hmm. resentment and then ultimately goes to bitterness just because they can't let go. You know, that, that to me is a real struggle for women is when do we or how do we let go of things that we may not be able to talk about with the person who's hurt us or we may not have an opportunity to fix it, um, but we, we've got to find a way to let it go. Yeah, that is to me, the saddest thing, because just like you said, the hurt turns to anger, turns to bitterness, turns to resentment, and really makes us sick. You can see it even just oozing out of people when they're just living, you know, in that state of bitterness and resentment. And it's, it's just so sad for me. 
and really the way, I mean, there's a couple things. Empathy is probably one of the biggest tools to help you deal with any kind of emotion that you feel strong emotion against somebody else. Because when you are able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand, because I have a saying that all behavior makes sense in its context. A lot of people don't like that because they feel like I'm excusing people and I'm not in any way excusing anybody for, for bad behavior. But if you turn the clock back and you can see someone's life like a movie, you can understand how they got to a point that they did that thing to you that you're so angry and upset and hurt about. And it's usually not about you at all. It has nothing to do with you. And when you're able to get to a place of empathy and understanding where that person came from, it doesn't forgive the action, but it helps you understand that usually it's not personal. And you can start to let go of some of that. And when you can't address it with that person, you have to address it with someone, with yourself. You can't hold it in. And so the biggest thing that, that, that we do is we become bitter and we hold it in. And like I said, we take it out in other ways. We're you know, irritable and we're angry and we're horrible to be around. But we have to actually get it out verbally, whether it's to ourselves or somebody else. Okay. So Dr. Zoe, we're talking about growing in emotional intelligence. And I know that one of the things that really helped me, especially when you and I first started working together, was I needed to put words to what my feelings were, which sounds so ridiculous. And what I just did there was put myself down. So I should have not said that. Right. Right. Good um, job. Right. Th thank you. I'm really <laughs> working very hard at life. Um, but I needed to kind of have a baseline of what are my feelings? What are the feelings I might be experiencing? Are there some tools and resources that you, you know, give to clients to help them begin to identify their feelings? Absolutely. There's this sheet and I think it's just called, what are you feeling? And it has maybe it's actually two-sided, maybe 30, 50, 100. I don't know. So many feelings that we have. And this is so important, Julie, because just like you said, you have trouble identifying your feelings. So many women do. And a lot of that, a lot of that is what we can help our children do. Mm -hmm. If you have kids, that's what's so important is to help them start identifying when they have something going on oh, it seems like you must be feeling this. And then kids learn that organically and they, they don't have these issues. But yeah, so there's this little sheet and it literally says, what are you feeling today? And it has every single little, but this was before emojis because this was probably in the 1980s when that sheet was created. But they look like little emojis and they can literally help you identify what you're feeling. You can look at the face and go, oh, that's what I'm feeling. And then it helps you connect a little bit more. Now that I think feeling. about it, I think you actually sent that to me when we first started working together. So I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. And awesome. um, you know what you could even do? It's I, I actually did this early on. I haven't visited them in a while. I saved those pictures right to my phone and I, I created a little folder on my phone so that I could get to them easily. And when I started to recognize that I was feeling a feeling and trying to push it down, I have kind of trained myself to at least stop in the moment and try to identify what that feeling is and at least sit with it for a moment. So we'll make sure to put that in the show notes so that we can all start to grow a little bit in our EQ. Love it. That is perfect. Okay. So I feel like we've kind of been tiptoeing around or at least mentioning here and there the differences between men and women in relationships. But what I think our listeners would like to hear a little bit more about is how to interact well with the men in our lives 
so they can get past our feelings and hear us. Is that something that you find you have to work with your clients on? Oh, absolutely. And couples too, because we communicate differently. It's so wonderful that God made us so opposite (laughs) just just to make life interesting. Yeah. So if you go back to that understanding of how do men and women feel and express their emotions differently. And what I explained was that, of course, men have those, the same feelings we have and they feel things initially. And then they flip to the logic part, right? Where they flip to fixing it or logic. So if you look at that and you understand your man and every man is different, but you understand your man and you understand how men's brains behave generally, then you can use that, which is what we women should do. We should study (laughs) our men that we want to, you know, communicate with. So based on that, if you really want your man to hear you, then you got to go get the whiteboard. And what I mean by that is that if you remember how they think, they soften first to emotion. So when something's going on with you, go to your man and express your emotion. Do what you naturally do is expressing that emotion. But what you have to do is after you've expressed it in an emotional state, he'll hear it, he'll soften, then you need to flip and you need to go to the whiteboard. So you need to recognize that he's going to get into that fix it mode. And so then you need to start outlining, this is what I need. This is what's going on with me. And sometimes it's as simple as this is what's going on with me. I'm really upset or I'm devastated or you're hurting me or whatever. And then go to, I don't need you to respond right away. Or I, I do need you to do this. Even if it's just giving him some direction. That's the best way to uh, interact and get your man to really hear you. I really like that because I, I, this sounds really awful, but I think (laughs) men are pretty simple creatures. (laughs) I think, you know, yes, (laughs) yeah, they are. They're, they're less complicated than us. We can muddy just about anything, but most men kind of go, I'm here. Here's what it is. Let's move on. I can fix it. What do you want me to do? And it's, it's fairly simple. It's kind of nice. And I've realized sometimes it's not even that I want him to fix anything. I just want my husband to sit there for 20 minutes and let me just vent. And then actually after that, I'm fine. He didn't have to do anything. He just has to be quiet for 20 minutes and listen. Right. But you know what, Darlene, for most men, that is the worst torture ever. And the reason, <laughs> the reason why is because most of us don't tell them that. So they hear the emotion part, right? And they soften to it. And then they want to do something to help us. And what happens is we're still going on the whole emotion, 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 emotion. And they don't, they're, they're dying because they don't know what to do with it. And so then what happens is they try to rush in and fix. And then we're hurt because we feel like they don't hear us or they don't really want to, you know, sit and let us vent. But if you let them know clearly, you give them their job this is what I'm feeling. And your job is to now do this. Now your husband, probably after all these years, darling, he gets his job. He knows it. He does. He's really good at sitting (laughs) and listening and going, do you want me to do anything? No. Okay. I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. But most, most relationships haven't gotten to that point yet. And so you need to let them know what you need from them. I don't want you to fix it necessarily. This is what you can do to help me sit and listen to me for 10 minutes. Yeah. You yeah. ju- just Run add, you add like a commercial intermission, you know, yeah. <laughs> start at this and then about five minutes in go now, remember, I don't want you to do anything. Just let me keep going. <laughs> I mean, can we ask them if halfway through our event sesh, their job is to get the ice cream or is that like totally not handling our feelings well? No, that's awesome. Whatever yeah. you need, you ask for it. You give them their job and they're going to be on it. 
because then they'll feel like they've done something because that's what they need to do after they hear the emotion. They got to do something. Got it. That's super helpful because, you know, for as long as there have been men and women in relationships, I think this has been an issue. So just kind of breaking it down, simplifying it and giving us practical tips to communicate better with our man is always going to be helpful. So thanks for that. Let's real quick. This is a big thing that you like to talk about, Darlene, is in the workplace, um, especially culturally right now, there's a lot of buzz. Darlene actually just rolled her eyes. So that's what you miss on a podcast um, (laughs) about women in the workplace. And, you know, can we work with men? And should we be, you know, raising up and being stronger and taking over in the workforce? How can we as feeling women actually use these to our benefit in the workplace? That's an excellent question. And I think it's going round and round and round. I just listened to somebody on YouTube talk about why women aren't, you know, successful, as successful in business as men. And a lot of it was about our expression of emotion and needing to know when to do that. So it's important to recognize that, okay, the world of men or the world generally sees that expression of emotion as weakness and not as a good quality of a, of a leader, right? So we need to recognize that and we do need to temper the way we express ourselves when we are in leadership. That's an outward expression, but I think our ability to have that higher EQ than men, our ability to have the empathy and continue the emotional feelings longer than men help us as leaders. So it does have to be a balance, but I don't, I think the biggest thing that we women do is we try to cut them off and we try to act as if they don't exist and we push them down in order to try to appear that we don't have them. And I think that's a big, big mistake. We need to harness them, but know how to express them outwardly. Well, and, you know, I worked most of the years of my business life, I worked with almost all men. And for Mm -hmm. me, the, the experience was great. Absolutely amazing. But I do know I had to learn when not to act emotional. And the ironic part is when I would get really mad and walk into a venue where my concessionaire had not set up the merchandise and he was screwing around in the back of the auditorium, the whole crew knew when Dar was coming, everybody better run for cover. And it worked (laughs) for me, you know? So as long as I didn't do it all the time, when I did it, it was incredibly effective. Absolutely. Well, that that's you self-regulating and knowing when it can be effective and when it isn't. And that's you harnessing your emotions in a healthy way. This is totally making me think of that recent article you wrote, Darlene, for the Grit and Grace Project online magazine, Do Strong Women Like Masculine Men? And I feel like this is a conversation we're having a lot at the Grit and Grace Project because, again, culturally, it's such a hot topic of can women be feminine by all intents and purposes? And can and should men be masculine? And is that healthy anymore. And so I'm actually going to link to that in the show notes because it was a really strong piece and really comes from the perspective that we have here at the Grit and Grace Project. But I think what you're agreeing with, Zoe, is that if we tap into, you know, the grit and grace of our femininity, there's power in that. And there's, you know, strength in that that really sets us apart, but also complements the men that we're working with. And we don't need to be afraid of that. We need to actually embrace that. Exactly. You said that so well, Julie. We need to embrace it. And I think, you know, the feminism of old was not embracing it, but tossing it away as Mm -hmm. if there's something wrong with it, as Mm -hmm. if it's less than, instead of recognizing that, no, there is power in our femininity, just like you said. Beautiful. 
Well, and I also think that we need to realize and be okay with the fact that some men and some women are not going to like our emotions. And if they don't, and we know that we've handled them well, that's fine. We can move on. Absolutely. Just like anything else. I mean, there's some people that are going to like and aren't going to like us. And remember, the people that don't like our emotions are usually the people that are fearful of their own. It means something to them. Wow, that sounds like a whole nother conversation. I know, I'm like, that is def- that's a whole nother session that we've already had. I actually saw this quote um, the other day, and I was really blown away by it. The lioness does not try to be the lion. She embraces yes. her role as the lioness. She is powerful, strong, and nurturing. She does not mistake her meekness for weakness. The world needs more kind, compassionate, humble, faithful, persevering, confident, fierce, bold, pure, and tender-hearted women. Be one of them. You know, I love that one because that's like all my favorite words in it. I love that. Love it. That's what we're trying to be here. And knowing and understanding and being comfortable with our feelings, but also processing them in a healthy way is part of being that lioness, that grit and grace, strong woman who interacts well with both the men and the women in our lives. Love it. And I love that you say that, especially about the men, because, you know, I, I just can't stand the male, male bashing and we need our men and we right. need their strengths. And if you look at the way that men handle emotions versus the way that women handle emotions, it's beautiful. It all goes together if we're able to work together in that way, because if both of us are, you know, staying completely in this emotional state all the time, it's not going to work. And if both of us are staying in this straight logic place all the time, it's not going to work. So we do really complement each other. And we need to honor that instead of feeling like, you know, one is better than the other. I love that, that statement, Julie. That's a, that's a great one. And that right there is why God put Dr. Zoe and the Grit and Grace Project together, because we literally have the same view on that. And we want to be a voice, you know, in, in this day and age that says, it's okay that we're different. There's, there's a reason for that. And we can actually grow if we embrace that. And we treasure it. We don't, we don't look at it with disdain. We treasure those differences. All right, Dr. Zoe, I really appreciate this particular episode and your time with us because I think I've learned a lot. Well, and real quick, if you haven't already heard, you can actually work with Dr. Zoe in a couple different ways. One, you can listen to the other episodes that she's joined us on. Two, you can listen to her own podcast. Tell them the name of it. It's the Dr. Zoe Show, Redefining Your Superwoman. So we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. But our newest favorite way to connect with Dr. Zoe is our free advice column at the Grit and Grace Project online magazine called Ask Dr. Zoe. So you can actually submit a question. You can do it anonymously if you like. If you're dealing with something and you just need a little bit of guidance, you can submit your question there and Dr. Zoe answers one question every single week. It's literally my favorite thing. I usually read your (laughs) question and answers and cry my way through them as I process my own feelings. You would be so proud of me, Zoe. Yay, I am. Um, And of course, you can follow Dr. Zoe on all of her social media. I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. So as usual, Dr. Zoe, we love having you. Thank you for your insight today. Thank you. So let's wrap this week up with a quote about what else? Feelings. Your feelings are not a disease, but a pathway to you, to others, and to God. That's Chip Dodd. Pretty good, huh? Love that one. All right. So go on, ladies. Feel your feelings this week, and we'll catch you on the next one. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.